Hey everybody, just a quick note for this week's episode, the audio in our gaming magazine chat portion itself is just a little off, uh, that's on me, as you know, we're doing them over the phone because pandemic and all that crap, and uh, I didn't catch it while we were recording, so I've cleaned it up the best I can, hopefully you still like it, uh, my apologies, and uh, yeah, it's the level of quality you should come to expect here to Remember the Game Industries. Enjoy the podcast this week, everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 153. And we're going to try something just a little bit different, a little funky this week. Instead of talking about the games we played back in the day, we're going to talk about the magazines we read back in the day about the games we played. Back in the day, uh, every once in a while, we try to change the formula up a little bit and we do kind of a discussion episode as opposed to an episode dedicated to a specific game. Uh, you know, I mean, in the past, we've talked about game collecting. We talked about the Sega versus Nintendo console wars of the 90s. Mark McHugh and I designed a Nintendo 64 classic back in the early days of the show. And uh, and now today, that very same former Hall of Famer, Mr. Mark McHugh, returns to the podcast. And we're going to talk about video game magazines. And this is something I've wanted to do an episode on for a little while now. Uh, and funny enough, Mark actually reached out to me asking if I was interested in doing an episode uh, specifically about Nintendo Power. So then we just decided to talk about gaming magazines as a whole. Um, anyone that grew up in that era probably has some fun fond memories of getting a hold of a new gaming magazine and just cover to cover fucking just inhaling that thing particularly in the days before the internet uh this was how we got our gaming news it was that magazine uh so prepping for this episode i googled magazines like nintendo power electronic gaming monthly game pro and it was just man looking at some of the old cover art and just what a fucking trip down memory lane it was Fucking unreal. So uh, we just reminisced this week. Very laid back conversation. What it was like. The era. You know, stories and specific sections of magazines and stuff like that. Stuff we loved. Um, very chill. Very nostalgic episode that I hope you enjoy. And we'll get there in just a minute. Because speaking of stuff that I hope you enjoy, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Thank you very much for listening. Consider this your warning. Our intros have gotten quite long, uh, but they're fun. There are lots of video game talk and stuff like that. Good times. This is like the first couple pages of the magazine with the letter from the editor, couple ads, uh, stuff like that. And before I get into anything that I normally do, a couple of quick notes. Number one, it is a fucking storm from hell here at Edmonton right now. So, and I I record, there's a window two feet in front of me. So if you guys can hear the rain or the thunder and lightning and stuff, or I guess can't hear the lightning. Although that'd be fucking wild. But if you can hear the thunder or the rain, my apologies. I waited till it died down, but now it looks like it's fucking starting back up again. Uh, and number two, if my voice sounds a little bit more pube- or prepubescent than normal, uh, I just finished a week of comedy shows. My first week of stand-up comedy in eight months, seven, eight, eight months. Um, my vocal cords, they took a pounding. So if I sound just a little bit more cracky than normal, that's what's happening. But uh, I'm getting through. I got lots of water here. 
We're going to be just fine. So uh, we have merchandise, hoodies, T-shirts, coffee mugs, tank tops, all rocking sweet remember-the-game art hand-drawn by my good friend Joe over at 4545creative.com. You can find all our merch at rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you're interested, it is a great way to support the show. And of course, the simplest, easiest, okay, well, the simplest, easiest, cheapest way to support the show is just listening to the show. So the second simplest, cheapest, and easiest way to support the show is to support us over on Patreon. We're well over 300 supporters now, which is fucking wild. Um, I'm humbled. At the consistent rate, people are subscribing on our Patreon. Like, we're getting 10, 15 people a week, it feels like, sometimes. Which is fucking incredible. And you know what? You know what I'm really proud of? We see practically zero turnover. Very, maybe one or two people per month leave. Mostly due to credit card issues and stuff like that. Uh, It feels good because I think people drop the two bucks on us, give us a chance, and then realize just how much beefy content is waiting for them whenever they sign up. So, for only $2 US per month... You get a mountain of stuff, and in addition to all the other stuff, which I'll get to in a minute, you get two additional podcasts every week. You get exclusive access to both my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday, and my gaming discussion podcast every Sunday, Expansion Pass, uh, along with instant access to dozens of bonus episodes. There's pretty... I mean, we're at 65 episodes of Expansion Pass. Before that, there was about 20 top secret episodes. There's got to be over 100 episodes waiting in there for you now. Uh, This past Sunday on Expansion Pass, I did a game review, which is something I plan to do more of moving forward as games finally start trickling out into the market. Uh, This time, it was a 100% spoiler-free review of Returnal for the PlayStation 5. And as is becoming tradition in the intro, uh, this is a sneak peek of last Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass, my spoiler-free Returnal review. It is a funky, it is it is a weird, weird genre. Um, and this is the Returnal, getting into Returnal, this is the first roguelike I've ever played that I would consider, quote, triple A. Do you know what I, like full price, like full price tag, hard, you know, and it's a hardcore investment, you know, and it's, and it's, I find it a very interesting choice for one of the first big PlayStation 5 exclusives because, roguelikes are just a genre that can turn some people off and this game has turned some people off and i'm just a little shocked i'm sure they wanted ratchet and clank out earlier because i think ratchet and clank is the type of game that'll appeal to a much broader audience than a niche roguelike like returnal is um and and i think they turn people off for a few reasons it could be because they're pretty tough particularly at the beginning when you're underpowered and you don't have a lot of items Uh, and you're dying a lot and you're kind of supposed to die a lot in the early going as you're experimenting with everything and unlocking and figuring out enemy patterns and weaknesses so that was last sunday's episode and now for this weekend show uh i'm gonna do a ranking episode these are some of our most popular episodes of Expansion Pass, and it's been a little while since I've done a ranking. In the past, I've ranked the Mario games, my favorite RPGs, uh, my top NES, my top SNES games. I've ranked the Mario Kart games. This time around, I'm going to rank franchises, and we're going to go non-Nintendo. I'll do a Nintendo one down the road for sure. Uh, but my top 10 non-Nintendo franchises will be the focus of this Sunday's Expansion Pass. And... Our gaming news podcast, uh, Game Patch, this week is going to be all, not all about, but we're going to break down E3. I'll share all my thoughts, give you my reviews, my favorite games that are coming up, share a bunch of your thoughts as well. I know it's very, very anticipated, so 
this is among the best weeks we've ever had to sign up over there. Two bucks gets you all those podcasts, plus access to the Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll, the ability to submit comments to all of our podcasts. You can DM with me, and you get a shout-out right here on the show and hear me mispronounce your name, just like I'm a bunch about to do to a whole bunch of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons, Tom Danks. Well, <laughs> I love that handle. John Woodriff. Angel Court or Angel Cortez, Dusty Salad, Randy Barrage, and Chris Meisner. Thank you all very, very much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And on a quick uh, house cleaning note, Game Patch will go live on Thursday this week instead of Friday because I want to get E3 recorded while it's all fresh in my mind. And only Nintendo's presentation only wrapped up about an hour ago as I'm recording this right now. So Game Patch will be a day early this week over on the Patreon service. Uh, we have a P.O. Box. You can find the full address at my website, uh, but it's P.O. Box 69181, Edmonton, Alberta, T6V1G7. I don't ask for big gifts or anything. If you want to just shoot me a postcard or a letter, tell me where you're listening. I'll send you a postcard back. We'll be best friends. That's how it works. And I stream on Twitch a few nights a week. I try to stick with Tuesday and Wednesday evenings and Saturday afternoons, but the schedule is kind of all over the map as comedy comes back. If you... Uh, uh, all you have to, it's completely free. Just follow member the game on Twitch, not remember the game, member the game on Twitch. And then you'll know whenever I'm online and you can come hang out and argue with me. And it's lots of fun. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you with blowing in the cartridge. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows. All right. He blows big time. That's it. Honey, get into the spirit. <laughs> All right, let's blow. And uh, Titan420 is going to get us started this week. Titan said, hey, Adam, I, uh, you say that you and your girlfriend like to travel. So I have two questions for you. Number one, the top three places that you have visited. And number two, name the top three places that you have yet to visit but want to go to. Uh, yeah, I do. We do. We only got into traveling six or seven years ago, uh, but we really, really like it. That's where most of our extra money goes. We don't buy a ton of material. Well, she buys a lot of clothes. I shouldn't say that. And I don't mean to sound sexist, but you know how it is. But she, she's she got a lot of, she's got like a whole fucking second room in our house. that's just like her closet and everything. I have a dresser and then a garbage bag that I fucking, it's anyway. Uh, but yeah, we do like to travel. Top three places that we visited. Um, number one is easily Japan. Not even close. I, I, I love being from Canada. I'm a proud Canadian. I like this country quite a bit. But if I was offered an opportunity to move to Japan, I would think long and hard on it. I love it there so much. Uh, so Japan is number one. Vietnam is probably number two. That was really awesome. And then actually New York City would probably be my number three. I was torn. To, I wanted to put Chicago there. Chicago's 3B to New York because I love Chicago. But yeah, New York's fucking wild. Uh, so that's the best three we've been to. The top three places that I want to go to. Australia is my number one by a fucking mile but i can't convince my girlfriend to go because she thinks that the roads are made of uh fucking spiders and all you fucking australia people that keep sending me pictures of spiders and telling me to show them to my girlfriend aren't helping the fucking cause uh australia's number one germany um and probably italy would probably be the top three places that i would like to visit so i can't wait to fucking be allowed to travel again man fuck i can't wait uh, and on the note oh yeah and i want to go back to japan now because i want to go to super nintendo world but uh and on the note of travel 
There's just some video game questions too. But on the note of travel, Dan Wagner wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I submitted this question last week, but it was Tuesday afternoon, so I'm pretty sure I missed the deadline. Yeah, you did, Dan. Uh, I recently went back and listened to your newer episode on Super Mario 64, and the way you described sticking out, stepping out of the concourse at an MLB stadium hit me because I'm a huge baseball fan. It's my favorite sport. Go KC Royals. Uh, and it made me wonder, have you been to many ballparks stateside? And if so, if you do have any favorites. Side note, I know it's considered flyover country but Kauffman Stadium in KC is absolutely breathtaking so if you ever get the chance to see a game here I couldn't recommend it more not a bad seat in the house uh Dan yeah we I fuck yeah I love baseball game um I'm a big Tampa Bay Rays fan my girlfriend is a big Toronto Blue Jays fan and we actually have a I mean I feel like bucket list is maybe a little cliche these days but we actually have a plan of we'd like to see a game in every park uh in the league so we've been to we've seen games in Toronto uh, St. Petersburg for the Rays, because those are our teams. Uh, San Francisco, Oakland. We saw the White Sox and the Cubs when we were in Chicago. We've seen the Angels. Uh, the Dodgers were on the road. We were in L.A., so we only got to see the Angels. And then we did a tour of Yankee Stadium, but we were there in November, so we couldn't see an actual game. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's seven, seven or eight now. And, yeah, we our plan is to hopefully see a game everywhere. My favorite park so far is either... Uh, uh, AT&T in San Francisco where the Giants play is fucking beautiful or Wrigley in Chicago just because it's it's fucking Wrigley Field it's iconic but yeah dude and yeah if you don't know what he's talking about back on that that episode I talked about the feeling you get when you go to a baseball game when you first walk out of the concourse and all you see is like the the diamond and you see the field and it just oh my god dude it's just it's it's you feel like a little kid every time you fucking see it I love it I fucking baseball I never liked baseball as a kid I got into it later in life, and now it's it's. Uh, I don't know if I want to say it's my favorite sport, but it's a contender. I really, really like baseball. Uh, Tom Danks wrote in, <laughs> "Fuck, I love that handle." And Tom said, "Hey, lead hot dog. What's your favorite class in RPGs? I tend to like thieves. They have a high evasion. The critical hits are always nice. Most of the time, the steal rate is too low in certain games, and it makes stealing items kind of a chore, though." Uh, thanks for reading. Thanks for writing in, Tom, and thank you for the support. Um, I know they're a niche class. I love a good old Dragoon, though. You know, and, like, it's funny because, like, the only Dragoon I can really think of that I, like, have enjoyed using with any regularity is Kane from Final Fantasy IV. But I, I, I just think they look cool. I love the jump mechanics, so Dragoon. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I also really like Ninjas and Thieves. It's not so much for the stealing, but I like anyone that's, you know, got that good evasion and stuff. Plus, I like it when they can use two weapons. Um, Edge from Final Fantasy IV is fucking awesome. God, I love Final Fantasy 4. But yeah, when you've got a really fast character and you can equip two weapons on them and they're doing, you know, they're doing lots of damage or they're dodging lots of attacks. It's probably my favorite class. And and I won't, I won't lie to you, I have a soft spot for the white mage too. I people need healers. When I was big into Overwatch, I only played as Mercy because I'm not very good at shooters. Uh, but if you've never played Overwatch, Mercy is a healer and that was pretty much, and I and I got a lot of like MVP awards and stuff playing that game because I would just hang out in the back and heal and that was kind of my wheelhouse so i got a soft spot for the white mages out there as well uh king bahamut wrote in and said hey adam i recently got the platinum trophy for final fantasy 15 that's an impressive trophy uh and while not a trophy hunter i felt very proud of myself the trophy that held me up all this time was earned by leveling up noctis's fishing skills it bored the hell out of me so my question is are there any side quests or activities in rpgs that you put off doing or ignore completely due to boredom or aggravation another great example for me is blitzball in final fantasy 10 atrocious i love fucking great word atrocious is a great word um that's a good question bahamut i actually hated the fishing in final fantasy 15 as well 
Uh, but I like Blitzball. I'm not. It's. I know Blitzball. Eventually, we're gonna cover Final Fantasy X on the show, and I know Blitzball is a pretty divisive uh, topic. I, I like Blitzball. Y- you know what? You know what usually turns me off the most about RPGs, actually, and it's actually why I, I consider myself kind of a middle of the road RPG fan. Is I, I actually get, I don't like exploring, and I know that it's a big part of it. But like my favorite RPGs are the linear ones. Once you open up the world too much, and I have to explore. I start to get sick of it. I worry about missing something. I get bored. Random enco- encounters are just like a fucking dentist drill every time that like vroom, 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 goes off and it fucking zooms in. I, I fuck, I hate random encounters. Games like Earthbound and Super Mario RPG are high on my list, primarily because of the lack of random encounters. Um, but as far as like side quests and mini games, I didn't care for Gwent in Witcher 3. I know a lot of people like Gwent. I just didn't put the time into it, I don't think, to get good. I like Blitzball. I love fucking Triple Triad or whatever it was called in Final Fantasy VIII. I can't remember the name of the little game in KOTOR, um, but anyone that's played KOTOR on Xbox, you know what I'm talking about, that game. I really like it. I like a lot of them. I can't think of too many that I just I just hated in, in, in their entirety. But yeah, hmm. Yeah, Gwent would probably be the one. And then... And, and Gwent seemed really good. I just, I, I, I was like, I want to play Witcher. I don't want to play fucking Gwent. So, but I like Blitzball. I, man, Blitzball is so, we could do a whole episode on Blitzball. Uh, Daniel wrote into us on Patreon and said, hey, Adam, hope all is well. It's not bad, Daniel. Daniel said, so I'm a trophy whore. I'm not proud of myself, but I am a whore. So, <laughs> so my question, does anyone else get angry when you realize that you can't unlock a platinum trophy because you need a multiplayer trophy? I'm looking at you, Tomb Raider. I recently picked up the Tomb Raider series and I won't be able to unlock the platinum because nobody plays multiplayer anymore. I believe that multiplayer trophies should be separate. Am I crazy in thinking this? Not at all, Daniel. I'm not a trophy guy. Uh, I don't have a single platinum. I have one... 100% on Xbox, and that was Cyber Shadow, and that was just because I really fucking loved that. Fuck, I love that game. Um, there's the odd game I play, and I think, like, man, I'd really like to go after, like, 100% or a Platinum on this. And then I just never do it for whatever reason. I'm the type of guy who, like, I don't like to do New Game Plus. I don't like to play through the game again. I'm like, I want to get to the next game. I have so many games I want to play. So I don't go after trophies that much. Having said that, dude, I cannot agree with you more. Uh, if I saw a multiplayer trophy... In a lit, like if Cyber Shadow had had a multiplayer trophy, probably I would not have been bothered to to go after 100%ing it. I that should absolutely, I, I don't, I like, yeah, I mean, the bare minimum they should be separate. I was, well, yeah, because I was about to say, I don't even think they should be fucking multiplayer trophies, but I know that not everyone feels like there are people out there with friends, not everybody feels like me where they don't want to just play the multiplayer game. So, yeah, they should just be separate. I agree with that, even if it's a separate platinum altogether and put a whole bunch of multiplayer trophies in there. I agree. But like a game like, dude, Tomb Raider is such a great example. That should be single player only fucking platinum. I We're on the same page, Daniel. I'm also fucking shout out to Tomb Raider because those games are rad. Other than you're apparently broken fucking multiplayer trophies. Sorry, guys. My throat's just a little dry here. Uh, a couple more. Eden Awaits 1981 wrote in and said, I listened to an episode recently where you said in the comedy circuit, you had to deal with comedians that steal other comedians jokes. I imagine that can, that's considered pretty heinous. I've seen a video of Joe Rogan jumping on stage during some comedian set. I don't remember who it was and just calling him out on it. Have you ever or ever wanted to confront someone about blatantly stealing material? Uh, so yeah, Eden, it is like, it is, it's, it's pretty well the cardinal sin. It's about, yeah, it's about the worst thing you can do in stand-up comedy is to steal another comedian's material or act, and it fucking unfortunately happens so much. It's kind of an unwritten, not an unwritten rule, because 
the the fucking unwritten rule is don't be a fucking hacky piece of shit and steal other people's material. Um, but there's kind of a joke about how the first one to get it on TV owns it. Because once you've got it on TV, then you're like, well, I fucking got it on TV, so that's mine. Everyone thinks of me with that joke now. Uh, with the difference being now the internet has come along, it's a lot easier to like, if somebody fucking took a joke and did it on you know, The Tonight Show and it was word for word one of my jokes and I have a YouTube video from four years ago of me doing that joke, now I, I kind of have a leg to stand on. Not that there's any legal recourse for it or anything. Uh, and this, this, the video you're talking about, if you guys want to see something funny, uh, it was Joe Rogan confronted Carlos Mencia at the laugh shop. And Carlos Mencia is like notorious for being the biggest joke thief maybe ever. That guy, he he's such a fucking piece of shit. Um, have I, I actually have never had to deal with it. I don't know. I, I mean, my act isn't that good. So maybe that's why people don't steal my jokes. But a lot of my jokes are very personal too. You know, I talk about my lazy eye or my Ninja Turtle tattoos or my asthma. So not everyone could just do my, my act to begin with. Um, and I also do a lot of crowd work and spontaneous riffing, which obviously there's nothing there to steal. So I've been fortunate that I haven't had it, but I have, I have been with other comedians that have had their jokes stolen. I have seen other comedians steal other people's jokes. There are some very notable comedians here in Edmonton uh, that have a very bad reputation for lifting other people's jokes. I'm not going to name them because it's not my fucking place, but... Uh, there was a story floating around the con and not to get too into comedy, but there was a story floating around about the comedy scene here in Edmonton where one of our best comedians, um, and I think most comedians in the Edmonton area would agree if this guy's not our best comedian, he's like top two or three. He applied to work on cruise ships, which is a big thing for a lot of comics because it pays great and you have to have a lot of material. You got to have a lot of clean material because people are going to come see you over and over again while they're on the cruise ship. So you can't just have like, you know, you got to have hours and hours of content. And he sent in a video to the cruise ship and the cruise ship rolled back and was like, hey, that's this other comic's act. And that other comic has been working on cruise ships for years. And it's pretty well known now that that other comic took the good comics material, went on the cruise ships with them. And now the good comic can't use his own material to get on the cruise ships because the hacky comic took his material and did it on the cruise ships already. So that kind of shit happens all the time. It's and it is it is the number one sin that a comedian can do. You can you can go over your time, which means you go too long. You can come under your time, and you don't go long enough. Those are bad. You can tell hacky street jokes, you know, like jokes that your dad, you know, dad jokes and shit like that. That's really bad, but none of them are as bad as stealing another comedian's act cuz you're basically stealing their livelihood at that point and it's that, yeah, fuck yeah, that's bad. But I've, I've been fortunate. Maybe my jokes aren't good enough. Nobody's trying to steal my jokes. And finally, before we move on from blowing in the cartridge, it's letter time. It's letter time. And we'll wrap it up with a video game question from Morgan, who said, Adam, I recently played God of War Horizon, and now Days Gone for the first time, in that order. And I'm definitely noticing the PlayStation-exclusive construct, just like you've mentioned several times. Should we be worried that this format will eventually bore the shit out of us all? Or do you think it's a winning, it'll be a winning formula for a while yet? So, if you've never heard me talk about it, and I'm not shitting on PlayStation. I, I, I buy PlayStation consoles for their exclusives. I buy Nintendo consoles for their exclusives. I usually play my other stuff. Anything that's multi-console and shit, I normally play it on my Xbox. 
So I'm not coming down on PlayStation because I want their console for the very exclusives that we're talking about. But I've brought up in the past that they have a very tried and true formula. And you mentioned God of War, Horizon, and Days Gone. All those third-person, over-the-shoulder action games. Add in Uncharted. Add in The Last of Us. It goes on and on and on. That is Spider-Man, I guess, to an extent. But that is their formula. Um, or should we be worried that this formula will eventually bore the shit out of us all? Uh, I mean, I think you could say that about literally any formula that eventually you're going to get tired of it. Having said that, I think PlayStation does a pretty good job making them feel like, like Horizon is a completely different universe from Days Gone, which is a completely different universe from the Uncharted, from God of War. And as long as there's an interesting story, interesting, unique mechanics, interesting characters and stuff like that, I'm good. Those are some of my favorite types of games. And like I said... They've been doing that formula now. I mean, Infamous for fuck's sake. Like, there's tons of them. They've been running that formula for a long time, and I've bought all their consoles because I want to play those games. So, yeah, and I do I do think there's something to be said for changing it up and trying something different, and um, maybe they will, and maybe they won't, but, I mean... I don't know. You could go down the rabbit hole of arguing that, like, well, Nintendo only does, like, the cutesy platformers, you know, and and action games like that. And you could argue Xbox only does shooters and now fucking Western RPGs, and that's all they do. And and it's... I agree with both those arguments. I do think PlayStation stays a lot closer to their tried-and-true formula than the other companies do. Um... Having said that, PlayStation has been on top of the gaming industry for 25 years, and the PlayStation 5 is still selling like gangbusters... And uh, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And I, I, I have no qualm. I want them to keep making those games. So I think it'll be a winning formula for quite some time. Um, you know, when it starts hitting a point where you can't keep, like when all the games kind of blend together and stuff like that, then I think you're running into a problem, but I don't think they're there yet. So I hope that answers your question, Morgan. I think that they're just fine. And that's going to do it for blowing in the cartridge this week. I just clapped my hands really loud. Did not mean to do that. But thank you to everyone that wrote in. I very much appreciate it. Let's get into our smash hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. Dude, if we ever cover Classic Concentration on this podcast... It's you guys are gonna hear that song so many times you lose your fucking minds. Um, this week we're gonna change it up just a little bit. We're talking gaming magazines on the show, so I figured instead of play one, remake one, erase one, we would run an episode of read one, revive one, remove one, and that's a lot harder to say. So you can read the back catalog of one of these magazines over and over again. You can revive one of these magazines and have them produce new issues every month, and you can remove the third magazine from existence altogether. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And according to our poll, the runaway answer, 44% of the vote. And remember, there's six options because there's six combinations. So out of six options, almost half of the votes went to read Nintendo Power's back catalog, revive Game Pro Magazine, and erase Electronic Gaming Monthly, which is frankly the right answer. That is what you should be doing because those are our contestants this week. I think I forgot to mention that. Nintendo Power, Electronic Gaming Monthly, and Game Pro. And that is the right answer. Read Nintendo Power, revive Game Pro, erase EGM. Good for you, 44% of you. I fucking love it. But let's look at some of the wrong answers first. I like to give people a chance to voice their opinions even if they're not uh, correct. Uh, Scott, <laughs> Fuck, I'm a dink. Uh, Scott Brooks wrote in, 
and said, as tempting as it may be to erase, erase, revive, I shall honor the rules and offer up this take. Thank you, Scott. Scott said, read Electronic Gaming Monthly, erase Game Pro, and revive Nintendo Power. Quite honestly, Nintendo Power is the only publication worth mentioning, and if the other consoles want their day in the sun, then they can get off their lazy asses and make their own publication. Sony can make a magazine that they won't ship to you and you can't download for on-the-go reading, but you sure as fuck can stream them. And Xbox can make Game Pass where you sign up and have access to hundreds of other magazines except ones they make themselves because Xbox can't be bothered to make a magazine exclusive to their system. I read that, Scott, because I enjoyed your take quite a bit. It is funny to think about. But now the thing is, is like, so you're right. Sony would have all those issues with their magazine. And you're right. Xbox would just go out and buy a bunch of other magazines and put them on their service. But you did forget to mention that Nintendo would fucking charge you $80 each and mostly, you know, like every once in a while they would release like an old episode, an old issue of Nintendo Power and they would still charge you $80 for it and they would never let anybody ever discount one of their magazines fucking ever and everything you actually ask for that you want in the magazine, they're going to say, no, you don't want that. You want another Fire Emblem character story just like they do with Smash Bros. And I, I, I throw it, I, I liked, I liked the way you threw the shade. I, I like that. So I can get on, and thank you for respecting the rules. I like it, Scott. Well done. Mercury869 wrote in and said, fantastic topic. Read Nintendo Power. These magazines were great for Nintendo kids. I remember being at my cousin's house and flipping through all of them. Remake Electronic Gaming Monthly in the late 90s. E- or pardon me, remake EGM. In the late 90s, Electronic Gaming Monthly was the best magazine on the market. They were always full of gaming news from all the major platforms, and they didn't seem to play favorites in the reviews, which is what I loved the most. I could always trust that their reviewers were delivering an accurate assessment of the games they played. And then remove Game Pro. These magazines seemed thin by comparison to EGM. The reviews were always lackluster, and the gaming articles were just not that great. It always felt like I was reading the Edmonton Sun Gaming Edition. That's, for those of you that don't live in canada if you live in one of the major cities you've got the sun newspaper that's a hot take mercury because that's basically a fucking tabloid of a newspaper but the thing about it though is mercury is not like nintendo we all know what nintendo power is all about either you like what they did or you didn't egm and game pro were very similar the reason i picked those two magazines were primarily because they were the ones that i read the most as a kid because i felt while they were uh, not only that but because i felt while they were trying to do the same thing they did it two very different ways i did think that egm was a little bit more of a professional in-depth fucking editorialized kind of magazine and game pro was kind of the zany like <laughs> fucking crazy faces short reviews lots of little words for people like me um and they were too, and i can understand like people came in with takes on both and i i yeah it it just comes down to which of those two things do you like more do you like fucking peanut butter or jelly because that's kind of what they, they both belong on a sandwich but uh and then we get fucking people like brendan hine who wrote in and said it's clear i'm in the minority but I felt assaulted by the availability of Nintendo Power, especially as a Genesis kid. Yeah, well, now you can feel assaulted with double secret probation, Brandon, because that's not the fucking rules. And you know what? There was a Sega magazine, but nobody fucking... Re- I don't know if there was a Sega magazine. But <laughs> that would suck as a Sega kid. And you just watch all the Nintendo kids like reading their new magazines and laughing and... Fuck, wah, wah. But no, you're on double secret probation because you didn't follow the fucking rules, Brandon. I'm sorry. I hate to be that guy, but you get that. 
Mega Man 2 OG wrote in and said, read Electronic Gaming Monthly as I read these or as I read these far more than GamePro. Revive Nintendo Power. While it's a fantastic retrospective of Nintendo's past, I wonder what they could provide in the modern era with Switch entries. It could offer a great take on eShop gems from Nintendo experts, a deeper look at indie titles that would be a welcomed addition, and then I'd erase GamePro as I think I only ever had one issue of this magazine growing up. Honorable mention to PlayStation Magazine because those demo discs were straight fire. And a few people brought up PlayStation Magazine in the demo. I remember getting those like jam-packed discs, I think they were called. I had one with Tony Hawk Pro Skater on it, one level. And I fucking played that level over and over and over again. So I actually thought about putting those in here. And the reason I didn't was because I was like, the disc kind of gives it an unfair advantage. But absolutely honorable mention to that. I'm on board. And it would be interesting to see what Nintendo Power would fucking do with the Switch these days. Like, I have my own takes on Nintendo Power, which I'll share in just a minute. Um, But that, yeah, I I would, I want to say that I wouldn't buy it, but I probably would. I won't lie to you. And I don't know if I would buy GamePro or EGM today, but I would buy another issue of Nintendo Power. And then Robert Lippa wrote in and said, EGM was great, but I preferred tips and tricks over it. Going back and reading some EGM issues would be fun, though. Nintendo Power can get the boot. Outside of offering help to Nintendo players and being quite thorough with Nintendo products, it offered little to any of us who played more than one system. It was the directs before the directs where other publications were like a monthly E3. GamePro was my entire youth. The cover of 99 is burned into my head, while the memory of racing to the corner store to pick up issue 100 before any of the other neighborhood kids did as well. It covered everything and was the magazine to have when going to school or hanging out with friends. Shout out to issue 113 of VGM. That was pretty solid cover art as well. So the first thing I did, Robert, was I looked that up, and I was thinking to myself, I swear to fuck, if this is goddamn Echo the Dolphin or Mario's missing or something, you're fucking banned. But it wasn't. It was actually just a pretty cool Zelda cover. And I'll tell you all of you, if there's one of those magazines you grew up reading, just go to Google tonight when you're sitting there, you know, you're sitting on the toilet with your phone or fucking whatever, and just Google covers of whatever your favorite magazine was as a kid, and just be prepared to be fucking hit in the face with a hot load of nostalgia. Two guns. Because it's just, I saw so many covers where I was like, oh, I fucking read that issue. Oh, I read that issue. Um, that's the thing about Nintendo Power. And I love Nintendo Power. I read Nintendo Power as a kid. You're going to hear all about my thoughts on that magazine in a minute. If you played, like, by today's standards, as someone that plays PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, you're right. You're right. I, I, I have less interest. It's funny because part of me is, like, I have less interest in a magazine about one platform when there's three platforms I'm interested in. But I, I just said it. I mean it. I think Nintendo Power is the only magazine I would probably buy today of these three. So, I, but yeah, back then, I agree with you. If you were a multi-console gamer, if you didn't just play Nintendo, Nintendo Power didn't offer as much value as the other two. So that's a fair take, Robert. But you're all wrong. I'm sorry, but you're all wrong. So many people have the right answer. 44%. I did not think it'd be this big a runaway. I can't possibly read or even list off everyone that said the right one because it was most of the comments. But a couple here, uh, a Sharp J, who's been providing me with some dope fan art on, on Instagram. You guys should really check it out over at Member of the Game. And then I tag Jay and you can throw him some love. But he's made up some Mega Man fan art that I fucking love. Uh, But anyway, Sharp Jay wrote in and said, um, read Nintendo Power so I can relive all the classic Nintendo games that they covered. Revive Game Pro because their rating system is legendary and should always be a part of gaming. And erase EGM because it had way too much filler. Like for real, who even owned a Neo Geo and cared enough about what games were on it? Uh, oh Christ, there's gonna be two Neo Geo fans that are fucking writing in yelling at me now, and I'm sending them your way, Jay. 
Um, but dude, I, I get into that in a minute. The Game Pro rating system with those fucking the heads and how it went from like the guy falling asleep at one to a perfect five, being that guy with the huge smile on his face and the spiky hair and the bright red background. I fucking burned into my brain. I yes, I would love like a piece of art of just those Game Pro logos, the rating heads. I get that. And Steph, uh, Stefan Fukasawa wrote in same exact order, correct order, and said, in my memory, Electronic Gaming Monthly was the more in-depth magazine, while GamePro was the silly, superficial magazine. However, I have recently been reading 90s-era issues of both magazines on an archive site. I know what site you're talking about, uh, I think. Uh, and to my surprise, GamePro, with their single reviewer format, actually had better in-depth reviews. EGM's four-man panel reviews seemed shallow in comparison. Preview and article-wise, they were closer in quality than I expected. I also found the layout of EGM very haphazard. While I don't feel either are especially strong publications, GamePro feels like it has better bones for a remake. Nintendo Power was just a fun magazine that perfectly captures 8 and 16-bit era gaming. They are such a great time capsule with the cartoons, strategy guides, and previews. I wouldn't want new ones. So read Nintendo Power, remake GamePro, erase EGM. And again, 44% of you said that exact same order. Thank you for writing that in, Stefan. I agree with you. I agree with Jay. And I agree with everybody else in that 44%. I personally would read old issues of Nintendo Power because erasing this magazine is a non-starter for me. I mean, come on now, right? I mean... I understand people that are like, it was mostly fluff. It was just a giant propaganda piece and all that shit. I agree with all of that, but I loved it. And I don't really want to see it come back today because at the end of the day, it was just a giant Nintendo ad and that won't fly in 2021. But the memories and reading those old issues and dude, if they released all the old issues of Nintendo power and one of those anthologies, like they do with like the far side and Calvin and Hobbes and stuff like that, I would buy that in a fucking heartbeat just to read the old Nintendo. Oh God, that'd be sick. Uh, I would revive GamePro. I think the revive and erase here just comes down to personal preference. Um, GamePro and EGM were the two that I read the most as a kid, aside from Nintendo Power. And I actually think I read them more than Nintendo Power. And I just remember GamePro having like Major Mike and the cool names for the reviewers, that fucking awesome scoring system. Just seemed like a more fun magazine, you know, and... Yeah, so I would revive GamePro, and I would sadly remove Electronic Gaming Monthly. It's kind of like GamePro is Bart, and Electronic Gaming Monthly is Lisa. And both are important, but come on. If you're going to get rid of one character, you did fucking Lisa. Fucking Lisa sucks. So that's I would remove Lisa. That's my answer. So good stuff. Thank you to everybody that's, that, that wrote in and played along this week. Uh, let me get into what I've been playing, which is going to be an incredibly quick segment, and then we'll talk about gaming magazines, because I have not been playing very much. Uh, I had comedy shows every night this week. I was watching E3 every day this week and trying to keep up with the notes for it to stay caught up. Um, I have been flipping between Returnal and Ratchet and Clank on my PS5. I also have the Yuffie DLC for Final Fantasy VII Remake downloaded waiting for me. Lots to play. I just haven't had much time to play it. And then, dude, I went to Best Buy last week. I posted a picture of this over on the old Instagram service. Um... I think I posted it everywhere. Anyway, I uh, I went to Best Buy last week to pick up Ratchet and Clank because I don't buy a ton of physical copies anymore. But I I think Ratchet and Clank is one of those games that I'll play through, I'll beat, I'll enjoy it, and then I'll probably not have an urge to play it again for a long time. So I'll flip it and put that money toward Mario Golf because I'm going to buy that physically because I think my girlfriend would enjoy playing that on her Switch as well. Uh, so I went to Best Buy to get Ratchet and Clank, and I just was walking down the sh- I never just walk through and look at the games anymore. And then I saw that Spider-Man Miles Morales on the PS5 was on sale, and I was like, well... I have been wanting to play that. And then I saw, dude, pro tip for everybody, Cyberpunk 2077 was 30 bucks Canadian at Best Buy last week. I don't know if it's still on sale anywhere or not. It will be, I'm sure. 
And uh, I picked it up for Xbox One. I haven't even opened the plastic. I'm in no hurry to play it. But you get the next-gen port for free. So instead of, you know they're going to go back to full price when the next-gen port comes out because it's going to be their chance to make more money. If you can pick up a new copy for PS4 or Xbox One on the cheap right now, fucking do it. And then you'll get the free upgrade when the game... That's, that's the only reason I bought it today. I have no interest in playing it yet. I am interested in playing it. I'm not in a hurry to play it, but when the Xbox Series X port comes out, I'll throw my Xbox One disc in, get the free upgrade, and then I'll check it out. So I picked that up on the cheap. So lots of games sitting here. I just haven't been playing very much. A little bit of Returnal and a little bit of Ratchet and Clank. Uh, both very good. Ratchet and Clank's fucking awesome. And that's it. So there you go. Let's talk gaming magazines. That's what you're here for, right? We had a lot of comments this week. Usually this segment where I give you a chance to share your memories of the game or whatever we're talking about is usually the least, um, has the fewest comments. It's the least um, active discussion uh, between play one, remake one, erase one, blowing in the cartridge in this. This is usually the one with the fewest comments. This one had the most by a mile. We had almost three dozen comments. So I'm going to kind of speed run through a whole bunch of these and maybe I won't spend a ton of time on them, but I really want to give you guys a chance to share your gaming memories. Michael Mathis wrote in and said, we had a subscription to Nintendo Power from very early on until the GameCube era. I couldn't wait for each issue to come out so I could pour over it and see the tips, reviews, and upcoming games. I would take them to school to read on the bus and show friends. I liked when they started doing the RPG corner. The only disappointment was when they previewed a game and that you really wanted and then it never came out we had subscriptions to others but nintendo power was the creme de la creme and i agree with that michael i remember seeing shit in nintendo power 2 and then it never happened i'm positive i saw something about mother 64 like earthbound 64 and that and if you google it you'll find a couple of screenshots and i want to say it was nintendo power i saw that in and then it never fucking happened uh and jeffrey mathis michael's brother wrote in and said, to add to Michael's comment, we also had a GamePro subscription that had the RPG realm that I felt was better than RPG Corner. We actually still have over 300 issues of video game magazines, and there's so much nostalgia looking through these. Also, who wants to buy 300 magazines? And then the two of you just had a fucking discussion right there on our Patreon page. There was like eight comments, and I was like, I'm not fucking, you fucking nerds. I respect you both, you fucking RPG nerds. Not reading all of them, but thank you for sharing. I love that. Matt McLean wrote in and said, for me, official PlayStation magazine. Included a demo disc every month, and my fuck did I play the shit out of those demos. By this time, I was holding a part-time job, and those demos determined what I would blow my money on every month. What I wouldn't give to have those demo discs back. And yeah, I mentioned that a little bit in Play One, Remake One, Erase One. But yeah, I, I had a few of those jam-packed discs myself, Matt, and uh, I played those things fucking religiously. My first, the, the original PlayStation is the first console I bought with my own money. And I saved up all my money, bought it. I didn't have enough money for a game, but I did have a demo disc. And so that was what I played for two weeks until I got paid for my job again. I just played, and I remember playing that one level in Tony Hawk fucking over and over and over again. Ah, good times. Darth Obvious wrote in and said, I was first a subscriber to video games and computer entertainment, which is the first time I became largely aware of gaming outside of Nintendo. Probably had that for a year or two before switching to Nintendo Power when I got an SNES. At that point, getting a new issue of Nintendo Power every month was an event. I was a subscriber from spring 1993 through 2000 when I realized the internet had all the same internet faster, or pardon me, when I realized the internet had all the same information faster and for free. I kind of experienced every phase of Nintendo Power as they phased out NES coverage that first year and went into Nintendo's attempts to be edgy through most of the Nintendo 64's lifespan. I remember that too. Remember they had the Play It Loud campaign and like when they released the Game Boy Colors with all the funky tongues and they had the ads with every, or pardon me, with the Game Boy Color 
consoles with all the different colors and they had the ads of everyone sticking out their tongues and the tongues were all dyed different colors and shit. I remember that as well. Uh, Vincent L wrote in and said, when I went to Catholic school, the library had Nintendo power all the time. I played rock, paper, scissors with a kid to check out the only Nintendo power copy. And I won one of the best moments from my childhood. The issue was Sonic and the secret rings, dude. I love the age gaps between some people because when I was reading Nintendo power, the last fucking person on the planet that was going to show up in it was goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog. And, ah, uh, that makes me smile, Vincent. I like that. Uh, Keegs in his stupid arrow handle wrote in and said, Nintendo Power holds a special place in my heart. I only got to subscribe for, to it for two years, but since we didn't get to buy a lot of games, I basically used it to play the games they featured. I would just read them over and over and try to picture how the game would be. I would even make pen and paper versions of some of them if there was enough info. Plus the fan art. It was so awesome seeing people's different art featured. Just an incredible magazine through and through. Yeah, Nintendo, I think for people that grew up with Nintendo Power, that's the one that we're just most boy the fucking ties to that i would love to collect those issues today man dave mcgee wrote in and said i fucking love nintendo power i would get so freaking excited to see the new book in the mail uh nintendo powers mega man 2 breakdown with maps literally helped me beat that game i read and reread and then read them some more same day just over and over man it never got old uh super nintendo dudes wrote in and said nintendo power i remember the contests once had actual mario karts for grand prize i am forever jealous of the kid who won those yeah i am too fucking oh that kid's listening to this fucking right in but not no don't because i won't believe you even if you do Bambusha said the gaming magazine is the go-to markup for sleazy local game store owners, the bastards. And that is, uh, you don't know, like there's a, there's a whole kind of mini industry in the gaming collecting world about these old magazines. And uh, yeah, yeah, I believe that, that they would fucking pick them up for pennies and then mark them up. Sons of bitches. And then finally, Super Dave wrote in and said, I knew my father-in-law kept an NES in the original box up in the attic, so it was a really cool piece of Nintendo history to hold in my hands. But I also found the first issue of Nintendo Power hiding inside the box. I was so surprised, I couldn't believe what I just found. I carried that sucker down the stairs like it was the Holy Grail and read it cover to cover. The next time I'm at the house, I'll have to remember to snap photo evidence for the Discord. Yes, you will, Dave. But I, dude, that first cover with the clay fucking version of Mario from Mario 2, with ward the background i'm positive that's the first issue uh yeah ah good stuff good stuff i like it i like how passionate you are all about it i think mark and i had a very passionate discussion about it that i hope you're gonna enjoy i'm gonna cue up some music obviously not from a gaming magazine or you guys would just be listening to me flip through pages for 45 seconds uh but when i'm done and i don't want to listen to this anymore mark McHugh and i are going to take a trip down memory lane and talk about retro gaming magazines enjoy the episode everybody Okay, joining me via the blank phone this week is, uh, I mean, he needs no introduction, but he's going to get one anyways, primarily just so that I can take the shot about how he's never getting back into the Hall of Fame. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a Remember the Game a Remember the game Institution, the Luigi to my Mario, former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, Mr. Mark McHugh. How's it hanging, buddy? Oh my God, it's so good to be here. Is it? That makes me feel nice. Thank you. You're ex- oh, I, that, feel, 
That's yeah, nice. I feel like I feel like it's been a while since I've been I've been on the show, so it's cool to be back. It has, you know what? It's funny because it's been a while since we recorded an episode of the show. Period. And I was just telling you off air, this is like my fifth or sixth episode in the last like twelve hours. And yeah, I was yeah, like, like, we do them all at once. Yeah, like I'm like I'm done. Like this is the last one today. And then I'm like, I'm not even gonna. Then I'll probably go play video games instead of just talking about them. But um, this week we're actually not talking about video games per se and it's funny because you've been the guest on other episodes like this like we i don't even know if you're gonna remember this because it was a hundred and i don't know when this episode will go live but it'll be 120 some episodes ago you and i theoretically designed the nintendo 64 classic do you remember that episode that was a long time i do ago. remember that episode and then it never happened so yeah. now it just feels now we look like dicks yeah thanks nintendo and we did that episode <laughs> when all the rumors were like it's coming in the next week and then it never fucking came and it made us look like, <laughs> like fucking assholes. Like, and it was like rumors for, were from everywhere. They're like, oh my God, did you hear this? And that's why like the rumor mill was so like, that's what drove like video game, like nostalgia, especially back in the nineties. So like gaming magazines were such a unique thing to have. So unique to that era. You Okay, so you I was like I was gonna set it up for a segue to be like that was when back in the this is why we need gaming magazines back and you fucking Ah, that's why I like you, McHugh. You fucking saw it, you nailed it. That was fucking we're talking video <laughs> game magazines. <laughs> and I'm telling you all right now, the Nintendo sixty four classic fiasco wouldn't have happened if we were still getting all of our gaming news from gaming magazines because they wouldn't have posted a big article about how hey, the Nintendo sixty four classic is coming next week. Cause back in those days they only got to release like a magazine a month. And we're talking Nintendo Power, we're talking EGM, we're talking Game Pro, whatever magazine you grew up reading, they only published like one a month. So they had to make it count. So they couldn't just like see fucking Wario 64 on Twitter be like, hey, I heard they might be making a Nintendo 64 classic and then run a fucking cover story about it. They had to really pick and choose what they were going to talk to us about. And this shit wouldn't have happened back then. And I got to be honest with you, Mark, I am a huge fan of the never-ending flow of video game information that I have right now. At any point, I can just pick on my phone. Oh my God, me too. Right, it's, it's like incredible. the first thing I check in the morning. Right. It's like, I... Like, this is my, like, my grandpa watches curling every single day. Like, it's the first thing he does when he wakes up. And then I realize, oh, I'm that same person just with gaming news. Right. Like, I'm so excited. Every morning I check my Twitter. I see what, like, GameSpot and Kotaku and IGN and all them are talking about. You know, I check the Nintendo Twitter accounts. I've really taken it. I check the Game Pass Twitter account almost every day to see what games are coming there. It's great. We're in a very blessed time to just have this never-ending source of like, you and I were talking right before we fired up this podcast about game reviews and how you can just YouTube game reviews and find dozens and dozens of opinions on game reviews. But I will say, as much as I love the information smorgasbord that we have sitting in front of us right now, there was something magical about picking up a game magazine and reading that thing from fucking front. Like not only did I read those magazines from cover to cover, but I like, I examined the ads. I looked at all of the fucking promo material because that was how you decided what you were going to play next. And that was the just, day, it was so exciting to get that new magazine, man. So exciting. The day that my Nintendo power came was always the best day of the month. So like that was, I would look forward to that all month. And I actually remember my very first issue of Nintendo Power. I got it. I'm not, no bullshitting. It was issue 114, which is, the, it was the Ocarina of Time release cover. It's the one with like Link swinging a sword on the front. Right. And it was like, 
And like, again, I was like nine, 10 year old kid obsessed with Link to the Past. And I saw this and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so like it blew my face apart that, oh my God, here three, there's a 3D Zelda and they, oh my God, look at this. You're in a forest of some sort, like incredible way to like show off your games to like people who are enthusiastic about it. But like, this is before we could all just live stream E3. Yeah. This is before like Nintendo had like internet direct. Like this is like back when magazines was how, how people got information. So it would blow our mind, like would blow my mind monthly just to see what Nintendo was working on that month. So it's funny you bring that up because there was two things that I was going to ask you. And the first one was like, is there a special memory you have? So because you mentioned Ocarina of Time and I actually it's funny because I remember that era and, and getting those magazines and being popped up for that as well. The game that sticks out to me the most that I saw all the time in gaming magazines and I saw it and was like, oh my God, I got to play. I got to play. I got to play it was Yoshi's Island. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. And I remember seeing pictures of that and just being like, oh my God, it's like a new Mario game and it's and you get to play. Because at that point I was an anti-Yoshi and I was like, you get to play as Yoshi and look at these images. And that was all we had other than Video and Arcade Top 10 here in Canada where occasionally they would show like clips of video games. All we had were like those still images. And I remember just like foaming at the mouth. And WCW NWO Revenge, a wrestling game for the Nintendo 64 was the same thing. Where I would just like, anytime I got my hands on a magazine, it was like, if that was on the cover, then I was like, I got to got I need this because I need to read about this video game that I'm eventually going to buy because we couldn't just go online and fucking watch YouTube videos of the trailers over and over and watch people break yeah. down. Dude, people today and will that's take... The thing. Well, like that's, yeah, I'm not just like people today, like me today, that's how I like dissect video game information. You know, the trailer will come out and then I'll watch the fucking nerds who like do the breakdown of the trailer when you're like, mm, or you see at frame 34, you can see his hand moves this way. So this must represent, and I'm just like, and I love every second of it. They I'm break like, down yes, daddy, more everything. in my fucking face. They break down everything now. They'll go through a trailer and, dude, I remember Smash Brothers. When Smash Brothers Ultimate was in the early days and they were showing these like reveals and stuff like that. And people would watch it and be like, oh, there was a blade in the background. Mega Man had a blade. That could be Mega Man. I think that might, well, or that could be Saw. What if the guy from Saw is going to be in Smash Brothers? Because that is a blade back then. And like they break down everything and it is fun. I'm not shitting on those people because it is fun to watch those. But I got to be honest with you, man. There is a part of me that misses doing that alone having a magazine and just flipping through it in the car on the way home from the store or whatever and just looking for every little tidbit of information i just finished a podcast with my buddy brad and he, i told him you and i were going to talk about this and he was like i remember seeing the playstation the first time i ever saw a playstation the original gray ps1 was in a magazine and he's like holy fuck and i was like dude i remember those days i remember seeing those types of things i remember seeing clips of earthbound 64 mother 64 in a magazine and then yeah, it got canceled like Earth, because there were leaked images from like the prototype they had for earthbound 64 yeah which means like that exists somewhere and i want to see it what it is but the difference today is like you would see that today and then they'd be like yeah but the, it's not happening these are just some screens that we had whereas back then i got a magazine and then until either another issue of the magazine came out or until i had enough money to buy another magazine i just went on with my life being like holy fuck i can't wait for earthbound 64 not knowing that that game got canceled Do you know what i mean like because you knew idea you just got this magazine and that was all you fucking had 
Oh, they were the best time. Hearing about a game called Starcraft Ghost, I don't even remember what magazine I read about in it. No, because I was like, I was a pretty big Starcraft kid when I was like twelve, thirteen, and there was a game for the N sixty four they were developing called Starcraft Ghost, where you play as like a Terran ghost character, and I was so hyped on it. And then again, like information never came out more information never came out and then the game was just canceled forever uh, there was i know you're not a big wrestling fan but for all you people that listen that love wrestling games i don't know if you knew this or not but at one point they were planning to make another game like wwf no mercy and it was called wwf backlash if i'm not mistaken and some early stories came out about it in magazines and then it got canceled and i remember seeing those and like <laughs> i feel like i kind of feel like fry's dog in Futurama when he's waiting for Fry. Like, I waited for that game. I I waited for more information on WWF Backlash for so long. And it was like, no, we all moved on. Kid, we closed, our doors closed months ago. That game's not happening. But I was like, but I saw it in the magazine. And they're like, no. That was me and the Dark Knight video game because Gary Oldman said in an interview once, yeah, we're definitely making a Dark Knight video game. And, like, that got leaked to all the publications, and that was the thing that was high. And then, like, years later, it was like, yeah, they were for a bit, and then the studio went bankrupt. Ah. Wah, wah. But we didn't get those instant updates. Gaming magazines did all the time. Okay, gaming magazines, like, there's only a finite amount of information that they can give us each month. So they had to tease us so much. Oh, for sure. I remember one of the things that really drove me crazy because, like, again, I was an eight, nine-year-old kid reading this. And they would read, they would, like, print letters to the editor in Nintendo Power. Yeah. And one time somebody wrote in, like, hey, why doesn't Nintendo make a Zelda movie? And keep in mind, Nintendo is an official Nintendo publication, or Nintendo Power is an official Nintendo publication. Yeah. That is an in-house magazine. Yeah. So they responded with, hey... That's a great idea. We could get like Leonardo DiCaprio to play Link. And then they were like, what are some other ideas for like game? And I was just like, for me, I was an eight year old. I was like, confirmed they're making a Zelda movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all it was was them just putting in someone's fucking stupid letter in their magazine. Like, that's all like, it was. Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah, dear reader, thank you for bringing it up. And then never thought about it again after the Super Mario Brothers. And it was because of the Super Mario Brothers movie that they never did did a Zelda movie. And we know that. Oh, Christ. Don't even get me fucking started on that again. I, I'll say, you know what I used to hate about gaming magazines is that they would, like... And they're, I mean, they're no different than, than fucking, you know, clickbait headlines today. But they would put something on the cover that would make you shell out, like, the eight bucks for the magazine. And then you'd like, like, again, I was a huge, I still like, I love wrestling and I love wrestling video games. And so they would put like new information on the next WWF attitude game. And I was like, oh my God. And I'd buy the magazine. I'd be like, give me one of the, like with the B sharps, like extra, extra B sharps thing on rooftop. You're like, give me one of those. And then I'd get home and read the magazine and be like, wait a minute, there's nothing here about WWF attitude. And it would just be like one tiny little like paragraph in like a blurb on like page 17 but you put it on the cover knowing that stupid fucks like me were gonna give you my eight dollars yeah and the biggest piss off about it was the magazines i don't know if it was the same where you grew up but like in the corner store by my house the magazines came in plastic yeah like they were adult like they were filled like they were jerk off magazines 
And it was because, like, they would do that to people, just, like, hit, put that little tease on the cover, just so you had to, you, like, you couldn't just read it in the store and be like, oh, that's what's happening. You yeah. had to buy the thing, and then you'd get it home, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, Pokemon Stadium was pushed back to next year. And I'm like, what the fuck? But in the meantime, here's a look at Pokemon Snap. And I'm like, oh, all right, I guess, but it's not what I wanted. Yeah. Oh, they fucked you so many with those fucking headlines. I feel, oh, I mean, I will say, it pissed me off more that the kids sold that newspaper without anything about the B-sharps. But it does piss me off that they would put those fucking headlines on the magazine. Ah, oh, <laughs> fuck that used to just, that used to just chat my fucking ass. Because, dude, yes, they used to come in plastic so you couldn't read them. But then I will say, did you ever buy any of the later magazines that used to come with demo discs for the PlayStation? The jam-packed demo discs? No. That was the, oh my God, I remember the first time I bought one of those and I was like, holy fuck, not only do I got this new gaming magazine that I can read, but it came with like an actual disc that you'd put into your PlayStation that had demos of games on it. And I remember getting Dude, one. That sounds, like, that sounds amazing. Like they could still do that. Oh, it was sick. Cool. Like, yeah. You had a subscri- like a demo subscription and they oh. sent you like a magazine. It was and, the like, best shit. disc every month. It's the only time I could see myself want like subscribing to a magazine in this day and age. Oh yeah, like they're obviously like I mean I can be as nostalgic for them as I want as we all can, but like it's not like it's a, yeah, it's a dead no it's place. a dead art. There's yeah. no place for them anymore. No like, people I'm people want updated news. Yeah, but now so I'll ask you then. I see one in the supermarket. I'm like, who is this for? Who's I've never seen anybody buy these, and yet there's new headlines every single week. Yeah, right? You go to the store today and there's still a giant shelf of magazines and I'm just like, who the fuck buy? Like, I'm not even shitting on you if you're one of the people that still buy magazines. I'm just like, who the fuck still I buys am. these? I definitely am. You're shitting on them? I'm shitting on you. If you're still buying magazines, what are you doing with your life? boy, Mark. boy. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just I just picture you just sitting at Save-On Foods with like a bag of Doritos just baked out of your mind and anytime someone's looking at the magazines, you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Go outside. <laughs> Uh, just like, and then the security's like, we told you already, you have to get out of here. You're not allowed to do this. Um, so I'll ask you then, like, how you're, in your, like in your vision, the security guy is the teenage kid from the has to be. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Excuse me, Mr. McHugh. We've been over this. Um, so I'll ask you then, cause like, I mean, I used to read all of them. I think probably my favorite when I was a kid was either. Either Nintendo Power or Game Pro. Now I'm ninety percent sure you were a Nintendo Power kid, correct? I, I had I had a Nintendo Power subscription. I would buy Game Pro from time to time though, but like again, I was so like I was pretty much solely a Nintendo kid growing up. Right. So like reading about like the other games on the systems was nice. But it was ne- it was like oh I can kind of see what they're doing over there. Right. But it was never like oh I'm going to go buy a PlayStation now. But see that's how I that's what I used to do too because like I, until I got my my until I bought my own PlayStation, uh, I only owned Nintendo consoles. But I used to like to read. I'll be honest with you guys. Like my early knowledge of Sonic and of Sega Genesis is primarily from gaming magazines. And I remember, dude, like just. Just off the top of my head, and I didn't plan on thinking about this before the podcast. Just off the top of my head, I remember uh, Boogerman for the, and I remember seeing, I remember Vectorman for the Gen. I know Boogerman was on both, but I remember seeing Vectorman for the Genesis and thinking that looked cool. I remember Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles. I remember seeing that and thinking it looked cool. I truthfully remember seeing Echo the Dolphin and thinking how cool that looked on the Genesis. It was so neat to see that stuff. Echo the Dolphin should be a good game. Oh crap! 
to fuck don't even get me fucking started but you're right it should have been but i do remember seeing that stuff and yeah it was cool to see what the other guy was doing and obviously my primary focus was all the nintendo stuff and what's coming to nintendo but i did enjoy seeing what was happening on the other sides and that was why like because i never had a subscription to any of them but like nintendo power was my go-to because i obviously love nintendo but then i loved reading game pro to see what the other people were doing and something that's just sticking out of my head right now I hope some people remember this. Do you remember reading reviews in GamePro? And then they would have the like the scores out of five and they would have those like the white face and it would be like a one out of five. It was like a red background and he looked sad up to a five out of five. And he had the crazy spiky hair and he was losing his mind. And it was like fun factor, graphics, sound. Do you remember that? It was like a scoring oh, I system in GamePro. Remember that? I thought that I was like the greatest thing. I that on my own. Oh, I used to flip through just looking for those because I thought those were so cool. Whereas Nintendo well, Power... Like, and it gives such a, like... Nintendo Power, actually, like, they had a star system. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, like, and like whether you were actually getting inside dirt or not with Nintendo Power, it kind of felt like you were. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't buy them as much for the reviews as I just wanted to see, like, what else is... Like, I just wanted to read about Nintendo. Like, anything well, with Nintendo. They, they did reviews, but, like, you... Okay, there were a few honest reviews in Nintendo Power, but for the most part, it's just Nintendo writing reviews for their own games. The only really bad review I can think of that they put on there was there was like a Lego racing game for the Game Boy that right. wasn't very good. Yeah. And they like they reviewed it very poorly. But other than that, like it was mostly like, yeah, of course they're going to give Ocarina of Time a five out of five. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny, eh? Because, like, I never even, as a kid, I would buy a Nintendo Power and read it and read the reviews and be like, oh my God, wow, Pokemon Snap is fucking awesome. Whereas, like, now, it would, <laughs> literally now, it would be, it would, it would be like Nintendo's Twitter account being like, come check out our review of Mario Tennis Aces. And they're like, you can't review your own game. But it was like back then. That's exactly. Not only did they review their own shit, but we bought the. We bought. We paid them for the we reviews of their own product. Their own game. Like how fucked up is that? But we did it, and we did it like gladly. I think there's a we lot of them to advertise to us, Adam. Yeah, we did, and it's so funny because like not only did we do it, and it's so fu- like you can look at it now and be like, holy fuck. They really fucked us over back then. We paid them for their propaganda for their games. But, like, not okay, only did we all do it. One, here's What's, the one thing where I thought I think Nintendo Flip Power was really great value. Because it was something like $20 a year for a subscription. But when you subscribed, you got a free toy of some sort with it. And, like, the first time, I, it was like a Zelda's player guide, I think. But the second time I renewed was actually when I was a teenager and I was really, really looking for a copy of, do you remember like when the Wind Waker came out, they released that like uh, Zelda collection, the Zelda collector's edition. Yeah. And it had, it had Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on it. I was looking everywhere for that. And stores would be like, we have it behind the counter, but like you need to order Wind Waker in order to get a copy of it. Yeah. And I didn't really want to pre-order Wind Waker because, like, there wasn't an EV Games where I lived. So, like, I had to go to, like, the big cities to go to the game stores. So right. I couldn't pre-order a game to, like, a GameStop in Edmonton if I lived in Cranbrook. So, eventually, one of the dudes was like, hey, man, pro tip. If you subscribe to Nintendo Power, 
this is one of the gifts they're giving away right now. Wow. I printed too many of them. And I was like, oh my God, in. And I subscribed that day and they sent me like, like it, yeah, it was cool to have the magazine, but for $20, I got that or whatever it was for the year. It was maybe like 45 but like for whatever it was for the year subscription, I got this Zelda's Collector's Edition, which I don't have anymore, and I totally should have kept that because it's now worth like a hundred bucks or something. Dude, yeah, I had a copy too. I got, I had it in my game collection, and I fucking sold it for like fucking probably like thirty bucks or something, and now that thing is worth some money. I know exactly where because it had like the Master Quests or whatever on it too. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly where you're talking about. Oh no no. Quest was a different thing. There was uh, the Collector's Edition, and then there was Zelda Master's Quest, which is also for the GameCube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought both of them, which meant that I owned Ocarina of Time three times before <laughs> I was 16 years old. And you paid money for that game three times, Adam. And that's because and and Nintendo's magazine told you to keep doing it because it was a five out of five, and you were like, "You got it, Nintendo. Anything you say, Billboard." <laughs> like we just listened to everything Nintendo Power fucking told us to do. Like it was it's so like to this day, they'll, Nintendo will be like, "Hey, we're putting out a new Pokemon Snap," and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I'm gonna get that." Yeah, yeah. No, they, dude. It's it's. Like, I didn't, like, because originally when you and I were talking about doing this, we were going to cover just Nintendo Power, and then I was like, let's just put, because, like, I would like to mix the game pros and stuff in, because, yeah, like, I, I mean, between reading the reviews, reading the previews, looking at the ads, finding out stories about stuff that never even happened, dude, I remember a big thing being, like, the, it felt like every issue had, like, um, strategy, like, little strategy guides, or, like, I would yeah. buy them, I would buy them for, like, wrestling games that would tell me the combos to do big moves, and stuff like that, and you and I—I I don't know how you were, Mark, but like, I, dude, even as a teenager, I would read those magazines over and over and over, like just re reread them and re like a class, like a, like what I would do today with like a Stephen King book, I would do with a fucking Game Pro, and just because I just I loved looking at that same. stuff. I was the exact same, like, like those magazines were like ripped and torn by the time the next month issue got there yeah dude i my i'll never forget this when when we my mom and dad and like my family uh when we moved to cold lake which is a smaller town i guess it's a city now but whatever it's a smaller community compared to the big cities here in alberta and the summer we moved there you know i didn't really have any friends yet i was like 13 years old and we went to a flea market one time and a guy i'll never forget this there was a guy selling a giant box full of old gaming magazines like Game Pros, EGMs, Nintendo Powers, like a like there must have been fucking fifty magazines in this box, and I and I saw it, and I was so excited, and I was like, "How much do you want for it?" And he was like, five bucks." And uh, five and, bucks. Yeah, and I convinced my mom to let me get it. She gave me five bucks, and <laughs> I remember she got so mad that I would leave old copies of these magazines all over the house, in the bathrooms, in the living room, in the kitchen, on the counter, fucking everywhere she started getting so mad that i left them everywhere that she was like from that i'm gonna start throwing them out she's like when i find them i'm gonna start throwing them in the garbage if you don't put them away and she did start throwing them out and i vividly vividly remember not even caring because i was like i still have like 40 more i don't even fuck throw one out like i had so many <laughs> and, and they were so old and they were so beat up and like half of them were missing covers and had pages ripped out and drawings in them and shit and i didn't even care those things were like the holy grail to me and i would just that was the first and i gotta be honest like, and i was talking about some of the ads i remember for genesis games and stuff that was the first time that i really got into what the genesis was doing because i got that huge stack of magazines 
And I started seeing all these new releases for all these Sega games. And I remember the Sega CD and I remember the 32X and, and I just remember reading about them over and over again and just being so captivated. And like I said, we didn't have IGN and shit back then. We had these magazines. That was all you had. And I understand that technology and the modern internet and stuff makes shit better. But boy, Mark, everyone listening to this that grew up with those magazines knows that there was just something special about fucking sitting on the toilet for an hour just reading an old issue of Nintendo Power or something like that. It was just the greatest I shit. I wish that I still had, like... Again, I didn't, like, treat these magazines with, like, much care, because, mm-hmm. like, I, it was, like, again, I was rereading them over and over again, so they were ripped by the time the next month's one got there. Yeah. But I wish I'd kept better care of them, because I wish I could still have some of them to read them. Me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same here. I wish I still had some of my magazines. I, You know what, dude? Uh, you know what's a huge thing that I remember from those magazines is the, the Final Fantasy VII launch. And how big of deal Final Fantasy VII was. And at that point, the only Final Fantasy game I had played was Final Fantasy IV, which was Final Fantasy II on the Super Nintendo. It was the only one I'd ever played. And then I remember when Final Fantasy VII was coming out, and I remember seeing pictures of Cloud and Sephiroth, pardon me, and, and Tifa, and Barrett, and everybody in these magazines. And I remember them talking about the big launches in, in Japan and what a big deal it was over there. And, and then after the game came out, there was all these things about where to find the materia, how to get the best materia, how to get the summons. Can you revive, a, a, I don't know if it's a, a certain character dies. Can you revive them? And is it possible? And and I, I'll never... I love how you're, you're, I love how you're tiptoeing around like a 25-year-old. I know. And not 90% of the time, I'd be like, it's a fucking old game. Suck it. You had time to live. But I do know that like, that is one of the biggest moments maybe in any video game ever. So I don't I don't want to be that guy. Because with the remake, maybe there's people that are getting ready to play it for the first time. That's and fair. Stuff. That's fair. But, but yeah, like normally I would just say it. And 99% of our listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. But I, I remember that. And I remember just being like, what? Not you know what's crazy, Mark? Not only do I remember all the fucking Final Fantasy VII articles everywhere, but... And it's funny because you mentioned the sound of the same thing with Ocarina of Time because I remember that was the same era. And I remember when Ocarina of Time was everywhere. And it's and I remember Ocarina of Time, I remember Final Fantasy VII, and I remember Metal Gear Solid. And those three games were in magazines nonstop. And it was just like, I was like, fuck what? 13, 14, 15 uh, years old? Bond, James Bond as well was like... Gold, like yeah. Popular. Goldeneye? Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Goldeneye. You just did an episode about that with uh, good buddy Dave Rhodes. Yeah, Great. I did. Like, well, yeah, like uh, I don't know when this goes live, but by the time that, like we're recording this shortly after the Goldeneye episode went live, I don't know when this episode will go live. Um, but yeah, dude, I do remember that. Like that was t- to me. There's something cool about the magazines from the NES and the SNES and Genesis era, but I think most of my most concrete gaming magazine memories are from the Nintendo 64 PS1 era, because that was just when I was old enough to. What's that? Like when I first started looking at like gaming magazines, it was like Super Nintendo. But when I got the subscription, it was N64 era. Yeah, yeah. And that was because that was the era when we like people like our age finally had enough money to like kind of keep up and buy all those magazines and read about that kind of stuff. Right. And then it was just wild to like, <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I, I remember seeing pictures of like, I remember seeing pictures of resident evil, the first resident evil and being like, look at that. And then you see the actual game and you're like, they look like they're made of Lego, but like the, in the magazines, they had like the ads that had all the like hand drawn art and all the fancy, you know, cause I actually read the ad dude. Do you remember the game boy color ads with all the different colored tongues? Yes. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, like when the Game Boy Color was like 
the big thing that they had to like that they were pushing and like that was and like all of the ads were like super hyper colorful yeah play it loud or whatever like when nintendo was trying to do their like attitude fucking they were like we're the cool company and they yeah like it was like or like they released like the see-through to compete with sega yeah yeah because sega was the cool company dude speaking of sega mark I and listen, I know there's a lot of Saturn fans listening to this. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. I'm not trying to throw shade. I do not remember Sega Saturn ads in my magazines. I don't. But I do remember Dreamcast. I remember a ton of Dreamcast ads. Like a ton. I remember there was a I remember a specific ad and all it had was that orange swirl logo and it just said nine nine ninety nine. Which was like September nine, nineteen ninety nine. And that was all those ads would say. And I was just like, what? what is this and it was the sega dreamcast and there's oh fuck me i almost it's so funny because i almost remember the ads as much as i remember the articles and the walkthroughs and stuff like that that's so weird because they're just fucking ads did nintendo power have ads they must have they did i remember that's how i heard about the gamecube because their ad for the gamecube was a kid standing on top of a gamecube and it says like 14 something something. Uh, Magellan says the earth is round. Uh, 20, 2001. Billy disagrees or something. <laughs> it was like, haha, the world is cubed now. Oh, I thought Billy knew the world was flat because it is. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, dude, that's rad. This is the I, market we're going for now. We're going to try to play to the flat earthers. Uh, no, that's funny. Yeah, it's. Nintendo ads in particular stand out. Yeah, like I, I, I'll never. I, I can picture in my head right now the Game Boy Color ads with the, like the five tongues sticking out. All the tongues are different colors, and they represent the different colors of the Game Boy Colors. I don't oh, remember. That's cool. I don't remember GameCube ads in particular. I do remember a mountain of fucking Nintendo sixty four ads though. A mountain. Of I remember them. GameCube hype in Nintendo Power. Like even before it was announced, and all we know about it was that it was called Project Dolphin. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, people would be writing in, be like, hey, when are we going to learn more about Project Dolphin? And they would respond, being like, you know, Nintendo's going to let us know when they're ready to show off something. And it's like, but like, they kept printing these letters from people being like, yo, what about Project Dolphin? Do you remember? I remember when the Nintendo 64 was the Ultra 64. Do you remember that? That was the code name for it. That just came to me. Do you remember that? It was the Ultra 64. We didn't know anything else about it. I just remember the white logo with the the blue Ultra word on it. The first time I heard about the Nintendo 64 was when I saw it at a friend's house. Okay. Oh, my God. I remember so... Because, like, I was so... Like, when the N64 was coming out, I was still glued to Link to the Past. Right, right. And then, like, when's that, like... And then, like, around, I don't know, about... 97 98 i was like okay now i want an n64 after i saw one in my friend's house right oh i remember dude i hope that i hope some of you listening remember ultra because that was what the nintendo 64's code name was was ultra 64 and it was like oh, what 64 back when and it would they i remember seeing just like a couple of images of like mario 64 and ocarina of time and just being like holy fuck like everything is 3d and like obviously now like they I mean, I don't think they're hideous looking, but they don't look great. But it was such a big thing. I oh my god, fucking the best fucking just memory. I sorry, guy. I know we're kind of all over the place. It's kind of what I wanted this episode to be. It's just those stupid memories just keep popping into your fucking brain, dude. I'm so jealous that you had a Nintendo Power subscription. I would have given my left nut for a fucking subscription to one of these magazines back then. 
Oh, and they weren't even that expensive. And you got like a free whatever thing with it. Yeah. I still I still can't fathom the idea that we fucking paid Nintendo to shove their propaganda up our ass. And we were just like, oh, thank you. you. Know I can't what? wait to get it again. And you know what? I We still like, in a way, we're still doing that. Like, I still pay my internet connection. I go on Twitter every day be like, what's happening in the world of Nintendo today? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I get, yeah, I guess you're right. We still do it. But I mean, it's just yeah. fucking there Nintendo, was less man. bullshit back then, though. Like, because again, like right now, there's so much, but like every other day, they, they, there's this like, ooh, have you heard of this new leak? Apparently, Nintendo is going to be putting out Luigi 64. Yeah. And like, what the fuck are you talking Dude. about? And like, it, half the time it's bullshit, but then sometimes it's like, it's just a little bit accurate. The problem with... That makes you go like, huh, that guy knew something. The problem today is that anybody... And I say this as somebody that hosts a gaming news podcast. Anybody with an internet connection can just quote unquote break gaming news today. And it's like, it is so easy for like a fake tweet to blow up. Right? And and then everyone's talking about it. Whereas back then... Well, because I'm not starved for information. Right. I'm not saying that the I'm not saying that the magazines never got anything wrong or never embellished anything. But if a magazine had just constantly been wrong on stuff and just had constantly been, you know, printing rumors that never came through, eventually people would have just been like, "Fuck this! You guys are never right." You know what I mean? Like there was some substance to what the to the rumors and stuff that they were posting, and you were just so hungry for another issue because you only got that update once every few weeks that it was different. Whereas now. It's out there every... T- like, I could fucking... I checked Twitter right before I called you, and I could check Twitter again after I get off the phone with you, and there's different news. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's it's so much easier to break fake news now. Another thing, Mark... Oh, another thing I remember from back in the day is... And I, this might sound like a stupid thing, but I just remember the cover art on some of these magazines. I'll never... For, like, there's some issues that are just burned into my brain where I can picture the cover in my head right now. Like, you mentioned with your Ocarina of Time issue that you yeah, can just see in the back of your can. head. There's... Yeah, absolutely, I can. Like, and it, it, it and it, it's actually a pretty, like, it's a pretty famous, uh, a pretty famous edition of this magazine. So I wish I still had it. Right. Yeah, dude. You, you know what, man? There are some of those types of things that would make like a great poster. Like, have you ever seen the cover of Nintendo Power Number One? And it's Mario from Mario Two, but it's all made of like clay. It's like claymation kind of. Yeah. Like that would make a great poster today. I think. I think so too. And I bet like, I bet you could buy that somewhere. Oh yeah. Easily, easily dude. Oh, I just found it. I just Googled to see if I could find it. And I totally found it. There was a cover, um, of Nintendo power and it was all about smash brothers. And, uh, it was about smash brothers brawl. And it showed like all the characters coming through and stuff like that. And I just found, I remember reading that issue because I, I never really played smash on the 64, but I played the shit out of melee with my friends. And so I was really excited for smash brothers brawl. And then I actually played it and turned out I didn't like it very much at all. But I remember being so hyped for it in the lead up to it. And, uh, I remember reading that magazine and I was probably fucking 18 or 19 years old by the time I got my hands on that magazine. And I still read it over and over and over again. Like there's just, I can still picture pages in my mind. I can picture pages from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the arcade game on the NES and a magazine I had that had a walkthrough of it in it. And I would just read that. I can even, I didn't even own that game. And I would just read that over and over again. Little Nemo, the dream master. I used to read about all the time. Monster party. Fucking these like, uh, I known. remember there was one with a map for lemmings, that game lemmings. I remember, dude, I loved lemmings. Yeah, it's like, I, 
I've never played this game, but like I remember that game. Yeah, because of the magazines. Yeah. Just oh fuck. Like you can't Oh my god. Dude, if you just I'm telling all of you listening right now, go to Google and just Google Nintendo Power magazine covers and just flip through the images and the memories, man. And one of the coolest things about Nintendo Power though was that there was a comic in the middle every every month. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay, so like my friend had like there was a link to the past comic that was published in Nintendo Power. Okay. That's actually fantastic. I actually like I had like I bought a copy of it as an adult, but I remember I had a friend like in school that had like all of them and I would go over to his house to read them, but he never let me read the last one and it pissed me off so much. <laughs> Why? What kind of piece of I shit wouldn't let you read the last one? I think he just wanted to be a dick. What the fuck? He just like held it over your head? Like if I don't let him read this last cartoon, he can come over. What a fucking loser. (laughs) That kid's in, that kid's in jail now. I promise that kid's in fucking jail now. You know what? He's not, but like should be. Yeah, he should be dude. There's an, there's, I remember this issue. There's a Nintendo power cover right here. (laughs) Fuck. Was this issue 250? It might've been, um, the cover is just a whole bunch of Nintendo. Like it's got Mario and then it's got a whole bunch of Nintendo characters and logos and stuff. It is issue 250. I had this issue. 250 reasons to love Nintendo. That's the cover story on Nintendo power. And I paid them $9 to tell me why I should love them 250 times. (laughs) Fucking Nintendo just gets their fucking claws in you. unlike anybody else. And they just know (laughs) That were just a bunch of brain dead zombies that'll just keep, dude. Do you remember? I'm looking at it right now. They had their top twenty. They had the the sales charts. They had the Nintendo sales charts in their magazines, and it, and it yeah, was so did. yeah. I remember that every like every month it was always like GoldenEye was number one. GoldenEye was number one. Yeah, no, GoldenEye was number two after Ocarina. Holy and then, fuck. Like, Link to the Past was the highest selling on the NES because there was a there was a time when like they had like an, an N64 chart, uh, a Game Boy chart, and an SNES chart. And I remember when they got rid of the SNES one, but for but at like one point they're like, okay, we're gonna stop printing the SNES one just because it's gonna be Zelda every week. Yeah, yeah. Holy fuck, dude! That's a, what a tri- you're just telling us what 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 game we should buy for your fucking system. I wish GamePro or somebody had done that and they covered all the system, dude. Do you remember? Because obviously you were a Nintendo kid, but do you? Holy fuck! I'm looking at GamePro covers right now. Donkey Kong Country Two, Resident Evil Three, Smash Brothers on the sixty four. I remember all these. Earthworm Jim. Oh fuck that! Oh, that's hot. Um, dude, Earthworm Jim was so cool. Earthworm Jim's the fucking best. Do you remember? I don't know how many of you guys. Maybe you won't remember this, Mark. But in GamePro, the guys, the the writers that would review games had like aliases. Like they had like cartoon characters and names and shit. They would hide. There was like Sushi X, I think, was one of the names. There was Major Mike. Yeah, and, I, and Nintendo Powers was named Nestor. Nestor. Fuck, that's a lame and fucking then, name. It is, but like Nestor eventually ended up getting one game, one spinoff game, and it was for the, uh, what was the name of the game, like that handheld 3D thing that they made, the game, not Game Gear. 
Are you talking it was Nintendo? Bull- it was their bullshit, like, three. yeah, Nintendo's bullshit 3D handheld console that didn't sell very well. Oh, I don't On remember the Virtual that. Boy. Oh, the Virtual, the virtual Boy. Boy. There oh, was a Christ. game called Nestor's Crazy Bowling, and that's the only game Nestor got. Fucking fucking Virtual Boy. Dude, you know what, though? It's funny because I remember magazine ads for the Virtual Boy. And I remember I thinking... Sure I do, too. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, wow, that looks so cool. And then it turned out it wasn't at all. Dude, oh, I just found the Game Pro. Dude, the Game Pro rating system. And a one is this white cartoon face, and he's sleeping. And it's, like, got a pink background. Up to a five, where his eyes are wide open and his hair's all spiked up. Like, he looks like he's being electrocuted and the background's red. Oh, fuck. And they would, like, score games on all... Oh, fuck, I miss gaming magazines. Dude, there was, uh, like, there was definitely a lot of, like, questions about, like, how do we best appeal to kids? And they're like, we're going to need to use, like, a lot of wacky colors and yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, Well, especially, you know like... It worked. Especially, again, in that era where they, they were focusing on, like, gross-out humor and... Like, do you remember the marketing campaign for Earthbound? It was, like, this game stinks. And the they, they would show Dude, pictures of... the marketing... What? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, keep going. Oh, they would show like pictures of like Master Belch, who was just a giant pile of puke. He was one of the enemies. And that was what they would show for Earthbound. It'd be a white page with a picture of Master Belch in the middle, and it says, This game stinks. And then it would talk about Earthbound. But they were trying for that gross out humor. What what were you going to say? My mom never bought us Yoshi's Island because the advertisement for it was a woman eating so much that she exploded. Loaded. I remember that eating all the food and like they would go back to the game and then back to the eating and back to the game and back to the eating. I do remember that. And then you saw her explode. And I remember my mom said, like, I was like, I want like, that looks great. And she's like, no, not after seeing that commercial. Fuck. And it's like, and the heartbreaking thing is the game was nothing to do with the commercial. No. They were just trying to like appeal to like gross little boys. And it, it ended up fucking me out of a copy of Yoshi's Island. Gross out humor, man. Oh, my God. I remember reading an issue of, it was either GamePro or EGM, and they were talking about, this is for you wrestling nerds, they were talking about WWF Warzone, which was like the first Nintendo 64 PlayStation WWF game. It was fucking horrible. But the Headbangers were this tag team, and they were in it. And I remember reading an article that talked about how Thrasher, who was a member of the Headbangers, and like one of the worst characters in the game, was like secretly maybe the best character in the game if you knew how to play as him and so i spent so much time trying to play as this fucking horrible wrestler just because i wanted to be like oh okay i should be playing as this for because i because the magazines were gospel and i listened to what the magazines fucking told me and it was like no this oh my god i just googled it like this guy sucks why the fuck are you telling me to play as him but i bought these magazines and i spent eight bucks on i spent my allowance on this magazine so whatever it says must be right there's no way they would rip me off and that's exactly what they fucking and, did. It's, and, like, that was in the time when, like, there were so many, like, game rumors just, like, kind of floating about. Yeah. That, like, I remember, like, trying to find out how to, like, get... Because, like, Nintendo Power would never tell you how to get Mew in, in Pokemon. Right. Oh, but, like, I remember when Pokemon came out, that was a whole fucking thing for nintendo power right that was oh that was like half of their magazine after that and you know what the but thing about like, like those motherfuckers they know that people are gonna buy them like so they can put something like that in not actually tell you how to get Mew, just talk about how like hey we heard Mew's in this game zone and they know you're gonna buy it even though they're not gonna tell you how to get it because then next month they can tease it again and then next well, month they the can tease it again off about the thing that pisses me off about pokemon red like this is just the game i'm bitching about now 
and not even necessarily the advertising campaign around it, was that they kept teasing it like a Pokemon named Mew in the game. And it was like, oh, neat. And then you never get to see Mew unless you do a special thing on a special day. Like, they used to give out Mew as, like, like promotions at, like, events at the mall. And that was the only way you could get Mew. Right. And it pissed me off because now you can't get Mew unless you glitch the game. Oh, I never knew that, actually. Or maybe I did know that. Yeah, I don't think I did. No, but just true, yeah. Like, they, fuck, they, oh, man, I remember... Going back to, I remember Nintendo Power telling me, like, oh, by the way, there's 151st Pokemon. His name's Mew. Did you know about this? And I was like, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. There's a new Pokemon because I've already memorized all 150 of these. Yeah, now yeah. Now there's a new one to talk about. And how do I get in the game? Oh, you can't. Right. It's funny. Like I already talked about this a little bit, but again, during the launch of Final Fantasy VII, there was like a ton of rumors about whether or not you could undo something that happens during that game. And I remember, I vividly remember sitting in school with my friend Mike and like flipping through these articles and being like, when we get home, we got to try this because maybe this will work to reverse what happened. Maybe this will work. And it's so funny because now we all know, like, no, we all knew that there was no way for this to happen. These game fucking, all they were doing were taking these fake fucking rumors, putting them in their magazine and selling them to us. And I was just buying them right up as soon as I could fucking get my hands on them. Even though like these people were clearly just fucking me over. The fake rumors. Like at no point did they like, hey, should we check any of this to see if it works? They're like, no, just put it all in. I think that's all it was because they just needed to sell. They just wanted to sell copies. And that game was the biggest. Dude, Final Fantasy VII was the biggest game in the world for a, a nice chunk of time when it came out, right? It was. It was whether you like oh, that yeah. game or not. That game was massive. And anything with like those characters on the cover fucking sold. But yeah, I do, I fucking remember that and just being so obsessed with trying to fucking solve this goddamn puzzle that didn't even turn out to matter. Dude, I remember, oh, motherfucker. I remember a magazine that had like this huge spread about Simpsons wrestling on the PlayStation 1. And I was like, oh my God, this game looks like my dream game. This looks so good. And then I rented it because I didn't have enough money to buy it. And thank Christ, I didn't have enough money to buy that fucking game outright. And I remember being so burned by how bad that game was and just being like, you motherfuckers kept promoting this in your magazine. You knew this was going to suck, but they probably paid you to fucking put this advertisement in here anyways. Uh, They probably had an agreement with Fox that was like, okay, we're going to give you this much money. And the, this game has to be this much yeah, in your magazine. Because like when it was a when it was a magazine, there wasn't even video. You can watch a video to be like, oh, this game looks like shit. You literally just saw dude, anything can look good in still images. Anything can look good in a in a couple of still images. Yeah, because you couldn't see like animation, you couldn't see like gameplay. You no, could just be nothing. like, Oh, this is what the game looks like on a single frame. Ugh. Those motherfuckers. Man, I fuck I used to love gaming magazines. I could just That'd be, you know what? I don't collect anything, but that would be a fun thing to collect. I think today would just be to collect those oh, old I magazines. Collect so much stupid bullshit. You do, or you would? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> I collect so much stupid bullshit, and now I'm like, should I get some gaming magazines? I, I, I bet I could find those on Amazon, dude. I think that would be like to have a collection of Nintendo Powers or Game Pros or something to just like. It's so fun to like, and I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but I love reading shit about like you know, the launch of a game or a console uh, where like half the shit that they talked about is the rumors didn't even turn out to be true. But back then nobody knew. 
So they were all talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like to go back and get some issues about the Ultra 64 and read about what the Nintendo 64 might be and then turns out none of it is true would have been just in the craziest shit in the world. Like that, oh, fuck. Yeah, and, uh, like it's, and if anything, that just teaches us that we're repeating the same cycle over and over again. Because the same thing happens now where like a bunch of rumors will be like, oh, did you hear that the next Nintendo is going to be like an airplane? And then Nintendo announces their next system and they're like, no. None of the things you said were true. Uh, the fucking rumors that would be floating around right now would just be, I mean, they are around, but it just, there was something about only getting that news once a month and then not being able to go online and check to see if any of it was real or true and just kind of taking, like, taking, basically taking what this magazine says as gospel and being like, okay. Like the internet, like, the internet was there, but it was difficult to access and there was so little on, like, video games. Yeah, like, it sucked. Man. Like, or there was just so much, but there was no quality control to it. It's funny, man, because, like, gaming magazines are almost kind of, like, the same type of relic as, like, video rental stores where we all talk about, like, oh, those were the best times. And it's, like, if gaming magazines, like, were... I know there's still a few that still exist today, but, like... But they shouldn't. No, like, I, I don't ever feel the need to buy another gaming magazine, but I would buy old ones full of information that I already know or is true or false and read those over and over again. So I don't, maybe I I'm like, the problem. Maybe I'm maybe I'm sick. I don't know. I would like to get like that first Nintendo Power I get, like a copy of that one, and get it framed. Yeah, yeah, dude. I would love like to get. Yeah, cool. just flipping through these covers on Google right now. There's four or five that I remember reading over and over. That I would love to just yeah get printed out and framed. I think that would look fucking sick. That was good stuff, dude. At one point, I wanted to make an ad for this show that looked like a video game cover, but then I uh, magazine cover. But then I'm not very good at stuff. So, so it never happened, but I like the idea of it. <laughs> I love how you're like, I was ambitious, but I suck. Turns out I'm not good at this stuff. Um, <laughs> buddy, I, yeah, that was, I mean, I'm, I guess we don't have to do a scoring or anything this time, but fuck, that was, you got I'm done. I'm, I'm spent. That was a fucking, that was a trip. That was a fucking trip down memory lane, man. Holy fuck. Well, thanks. That was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Great suggestion on a topic. And uh, I hope all of you are listening out there right now. I'm telling you, no matter what gaming magazine you grew up reading, just go to Google, Google the magazine's name and cover art, and just enjoy a couple minutes of nostalgia because it's a fucking trip, man. That's wild. And uh, Mark, you're still not in the Hall of Fame for this, but I did see a rumor in GamePro that you might be getting into the Hall of Fame again someday. Someone wrote in about it, so we'll have to wait and see uh, well, on next I'm month's issue. I'm going to accept that as absolute gospel fact. That yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the remember the game, ma- remember the game the magazine, rock. remember the game magazine, and all I do is make up my own rumors and put them in this magazine. Oh, that'd be fucking sick. Uh, Mark, good stuff, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Cool. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking old retro gaming magazines with me. What a fucking trip. Uh, and to every single one of you that are listening right now, thank you so much for giving us a chance to listen to the podcast, whether this was your first episode, whether it was your 153rd episode. I really, really appreciate it. If you're enjoying the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. It is only $2. It is fucking literal change. 
at least here in Canada, because we don't have a bill smaller than five. So it literally is change. Um, it helps me out a lot. It keeps the show around. You get a mountain of extra podcasts. You get a shout out, access to our Discord, tons of other stuff. Keep in mind, this Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass, I'll be ranking my favorite non-Nintendo franchises. And this week's episode of Game Patch will be a complete breakdown in my review and my picks and all that stuff, my thoughts uh, from E3. That just wrapped up. So both of those will be available to our patrons to go with about 100 additional episodes over there. Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. I also have a P.O. box. You can find the address at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. If you want to send me a letter or a postcard or something, I'll write you back. You can also find our merchandise at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. I stream on Twitch, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Schedule permitting. Look for Remember the Game on Twitch, not Remember the Game. Remember the Game. It's free follow you'll see when i'm on you can come by and see my face and make fun of me while i suck at video games and all that good stuff it's a lot of fun that's it man i need a drink of water that's gonna do it for this episode i'm gonna stumble my way through the shout outs now thank you guys so much for listening and i'll be back next week with episode 154 of remember the game take it easy everybody cheers Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I'm churning out these days without all of your support. So I would like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game. And a couple of quick footnotes. I record this at the beginning of the month. So if you sign up during the month of June, thank you very much. You'll get into July's month end shout outs because we're over 300 people and I just can't fucking record this every week because it's it's a mile long. So 306 names and I'm probably going to fuck a bunch of them up and I'm reading them in a random order. So I don't know where you'll be in here, but a huge thank you to... <gasps> Danny Proudfoot, Lukey Mole, Joshua J. Hazelman, Swanee, Dan Taylor, The Gray Bearded One, Borrow, Tunable Power, Eden Awaits 1981, Bergerock, Benjamin Johnson, Jared Boschlian, Boschlian, Kyle Dodd, Pee Pee Poo Poo, Cuckoo Pants, Kaiser Dragon, Ryan Groinus, Rob Strothman, Astro Alpica, Daniel, The Shawner Honor, Trapper Keeper 1000, Leon Nabskog, Master Boyg, Darth Obvious, Paul Holder, Nerdy Retro Gamer 86, Daniel Stildum, Lee Evans, Kenneth Michael Brown, Emily Luna, Jerry Robinson, Franklin Jeers, Tristan, Game Nomad Messi, David Moore, Broken Spoilers, Matthew Day, Plucky B, Super Dave, Owen the Game, Fur Chuck, Brynamite, Joe Kirby, Dale Baker, Dale Baker again, Ian Watts, Jeff Bergeron, Paul, Ronnie Sachs, Hammond Egger, Josh Valentini, Chance McCoy, Sean Radford, Karth from KOTOR, Scott Roseberry, Shannon Willis, Astral Soul, Big G, Classic Crusade, Chris Dory, Russell Aldridge, El Sock, Adam Fair, Tom Maya, Oprah's Iron Fist, the Old Man of Gaming, A Sharp J, Lee, Lee Sparks, Zonko504, Scarlet, Kyle Bolton, Chris Freeman, Tom Calvert, Seth Mayfield, Jose E. Marco, Titan420, S2Von5000, Bones02, Guesthouse Productions, K Cuz, Candido, Born to Do It, Daniel McKee, Dan Wagner, Elijah232, Joseph Gonzalez, Tim Chambo, Captain Cool, Explode Processing, Nathaniel Shelley, Swedish Fish, Omega88, Tense Sparkster, John DeShazo, Squints, Gary Heather, Corey Street, David Phillips, I Worked at Subway, Raul Aguiar, Joel LeBlanc, Johnny CCDC, Wolf Magic 2K1, Paul Zoe, Fob, Kerry Waka Waka, Ryan McCown, Trevor Seven Oaks, Mike Burks, Nathan Freak, Too Loud for the Crowd, Pizza Power, Matt McLean, Doogie, Logan Hale, Logan Hale, Jay McSee, <laughs> fuck, 
J-Mix, MC, Cody Poland, Murat Pepper, Spencer C. Weiss, Cody, Chris Coplin, Electronic Emotions Program, K-Jam, Lord Finish, Aaron Baker, Dane, Goth C, Good A, Mega Man 2, OG, McJr, Jafar, Rogue Agent, Kinslayer, Thor the Hammered, Stefan Fukasawa, Joshua Davis, John Byrne 86, Andy Hudson, Retro Bismol, Sam Wright, Seriously Rob P, Derpimus Prime, Mr. Meeseek, so 406, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Wolfgang Darren, Boognish, Brendan Hine, Troik, Zuniak, Brian Robbins, Ferdy Martinez, JP Retromania, AJ Freeman, AJ Jones, Kevin, the Anti-Spatial Podcast, A Novel Console, M. Felf, Zoo Troy, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, Sean Clifford, Pie Messiah, Jesse Clark, Kelly, Rodrigo Tamazi, Derek Jane, Mercury869, Mad Shibs, Potato Bob Guy, That One Kid Nick, Dana Wucherall, Amy Gillen, James Anderson, MPG and Buffalo, Pat Duddy, 8-Bit Boovy, Poops Loomis, Raging Demon, Mr. Satan, Tommy, Tony Sherichetti, Silver Grunion, Peebs, Mulverine Films, David Schnatterer, Martin Greenwood, Dominic S. Thompson, Tim L., Adam Beasley, G9PSX, PB McFadden, Jared the Giraffe, Tim Real, Starl Probin, Jay Clutch, Very Cool Dude, Vincent L., X Water, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Ryan Bra- Bayshore, Christopher Russell, Mike Maloney, Defunct, Tommy Reynolds, Ryan Kinchin, Arpad Bodos, Jerbear, S2S, Adam J, Zane Donovan, John Quack, Ryan Yeager, Morgan, Geek Life Radio, David Ray, Danny Vega, Tom Kite, Brian Medeiros, Andre SJA Flash, A-Town, Mark Jones, Nathan Tromblade, Chris Knife 007, White Burrow, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Brian Ransom, Mr. Nick, Michael Hegg, The T-Word, Miklos Blackshaw, Aaron Lawson, Stitch, Dario Omen, Adam O'Sharello, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Craig Rutt, Leon K, Scott Brooks, Yamcha, Wyman Brooks, Chuck Schlarp, Chris Campbell, Brandon O'Brien, Mackenzie Wheeler, No One Cares, David Thompson, Dan T, Aaron Cuphall, Adam Anderson, Ben Busha, Matt Brown, Lil Buddy Fufu 89, Mark 209, Kyle Paul, Vlad Steed, Nick Sills, April Zane, Alex Martinez, Brian McKay, Fraser Burns, The Good Enough Gamer, Jason Cortez, Kevin Huffer, Do How, Dylan, Jordan, Desert Tortoise, Joe Mack, They Call Me Badger, Kate Roberts, Luca Rescognito, Divulk, Gary C., Andrew Wright, Rick Sheldon, Scott V, Charlie Medeiros, Ch- Josh Morgan, Chris Fleury, Doug Dorn, Evan Refuse, Slick Rick, Ben Bulia, Ashley Cronin, Bitter, Nathan Warzica, Joe Gillespie, DNA Gaming, Dave McGee, Sean Razine, King Bahamut, Robert Lippa, James Clark, Chris Sumner, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, Jeffrey Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Fake McHugh, Michael Mathis, Tyler Freezerburn, Stupid Monkey, Andre Sharonic, Ben Drinkin, Joe Buck, Todd, Makeshift Money, and Dave. Holy ass. Five minutes? Eh, fuck me. <sighs> it's best prop in the world to have. Thank you all so much for the support. Consider it a badge of honor if I fucked up your name, which is probably about two-thirds of you. Uh, much appreciated. Talk to you soon. Cheers. <laughs>